0: Welcome to the Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Lucia Ariano, and here's what's coming up this week. <laughs>
1: Unfortunately, the likelihood is that if you're looking for a new energy deal at the moment, you're not going to be finding huge savings. Energy was relatively cheap last summer. So if you signed up to a fixed deal then and it's ending now, then you're likely to be seeing an increase to your bills.
2: Deliveries have become more difficult. Now you compound that with challenges of getting hold of fuel as well. There's a real concern there that that could lead to shortages and an increase in the price of food on supermarket shelves.
3: Our resilience, it is somewhat on an eyed edge, and, and the supply chain can get throttled with some idle talk that then leads to headlines, that then leads to, I hate to say it, but panic buying.
0: In a week that's left our heads spinning, I'm thankfully joined by WITCH experts Adam French and Sarah Ingrams to cut through the noise and answer your questions on the wild price hikes affecting energy, fuel and food prices, with plenty of advice on what to do if you've been affected and how to cut the cost of your bills. We are WITCH. I'm recording this week from North West England, which is a drive just shy of 300 miles from my flat back in London. So you can imagine the continued news of petrol shortages, queues and panic buying hasn't filled me with hope. But this is just the tip of the iceberg. It's been a very turbulent couple of weeks for the energy market as gas prices soar and energy bills rise across the country. Now, already nine companies have gone bust this month, affecting one Seven million customers and experts fear more will follow suit. So it's not been a good week for your pocket to say the least and unsurprisingly many of you have been in touch with questions you'd like answering and today we'll be trying to get through as many of these as we can. Now if we start with energy first Adam can you give us an overview of how we've got to this point?
2: It's not all hot air this is due to gas prices and wholesale gas prices they have rocketed By 250% so far this calendar year and that wholesale price usually dictates how much we pay as consumers. That increase is passed on to us but because there is a price cap in place to protect us from those inflations um, the energy companies haven't been able to pass on that full increase to us and some of the smaller companies have really struggled to make ends meet which is why we have seen so many just go bust really in the last Few weeks. It's been a really difficult um, situation, and in compounding that, we do have uh, this price cap is actually increasing on the first of October, and that means that the the flat rate you'll be paying if you're on a standard variable tariff or a prepayment meter, that is going to go up a little bit, an average of around 140 pounds per household. So you'll be paying a little bit more for the kilowatt hour you're using on your energy bills. Usually, we'd be recommending to people to switch in those instances. Get yourself a fixed term deal you'll almost certainly in normal times be paying less for your energy. But in this case, those good value fixed-term deals have vanished um, because of this wholesale gas price issue. And that means a lot of people are stuck on these variable tariffs, paying the amount up to the price cap on their energy bills, unable to find better deals anywhere else. So there's a real issue here with companies going bust, disappearing, and then you're stuck paying the most you can possibly pay for your energy bills. It's a really tricky situation for us as customers and the businesses as well.
0: Now, Sarah, you've been reporting on this story for a few weeks now, and there are rumours more energy companies will stop trading. But knowing whether yours actually will is obviously something very hard to predict. We have a question on this from Vicky on The Witch Facebook. They say, my energy supplier is in the news as a potential liquidation. Should I change now or wait to be pushed? Sarah, what's your advice for Vicky and other energy customers worried their provider might go bust?
1: So firstly, I'd say don't panic. Um, If the worst did happen and your energy supplier failed, then your gas and electricity supplies will not be cut off. They'll carry on as usual. Um, If you have any credit with your supplier, you won't lose it. Um, There's set guidance uh, for what to do if your supplier does fail, um, including how you're going to keep your money and how your energy supply will continue as usual. Uh, And that includes taking a meter reading with a photo if possible. So you've got a really good record um, and and not switching um, until your transfer is complete.
0: And in the event your provider does go bust, what happens then? We have a question from Sinead, again from the Witch Money Facebook, saying Avro took our direct debit on the day they went into liquidation, but it's not showing on our account. Who do I contact to confirm we will get all we're owed back?
2: Typically, if your energy provider does go bust, the process is that you'll move across to the supplier of last resort, that will all be done for you. Off gem, the regulator in this space will decide who you're moving across to, and you'll end up on the variable tariff with them more than likely. That process can take one to two weeks, probably a little bit longer at the moment considering everything's going on, so maybe more towards the two weeks of that time scale. And the advice is always don't switch, don't do anything during that time, just sit tight and wait to move across. And when that happens, you're your credit will move across. Any debt you owe the company will move across. Your all your payment information should move across as well. Relatively simply, you just need to give it a bit of time. But in instances like this, do happen where you had payments on the day it went bust, for example. Now, there's lots of different reasons that could have happened. The, the fact that the business ceased trading means it's hard to get to the bottom of that, unfortunately. But as long as you've got the evidence of that money leaving your accounts then that should be all you need to show your new supplier, to show you have paid that. So there could be a bit of a teething issue initially, and it's not uncommon for that to happen if you've got sort certain things happen on the day of business went bust. But the important thing is you've got your bank statement showing that payment has been made. You shouldn't be asked to make that again. That should be credit on your account. You just might have to show that to your new supplier when they're confirmed to, to sort things out there. These these issues can happen, thankfully, few and far between. But as long as you've got the evidence, you should you should be absolutely fine.
0: So if your supplier has stopped trading, the the advice is not to switch now. But what about further down the line once your transfer is complete or for any customers currently on a cheap fixed rate deal that's due to end? Is it worth switching for a deal to replace it? And is there actually much difference between the energy deals available at
1: the moment? So if your supplier has gone bust, wait until you've been transferred to a new supplier before you switch. As Adam says, this can take a little bit of time, um, but waiting till you're with that new supplier and have your account set up uh, will help ensure that any credit that you had will be restored to your account and that the transfer across is as smooth as possible. Unfortunately, the likelihood is that if you're looking for a new energy deal at the moment, you're not going to be finding huge savings. Energy was relatively cheap last summer. So if you signed up to a fixed deal then, and it's ending now, then you're likely to be seeing an increase to your bills. But it's still worth using a comparison website like our own Which Switch to make sure that you're on the best value deal available. We've seen at least one price comparison website suspend its services, but which switch is still up and running. So you can use it to compare the price of your current tariff or an out-of-contract tariff that you'll end up on if you do nothing when your fixed deal ends, and you can use that to compare with what else is available. Which switch shows the whole of the available market. So that means that you'll be able to see deals from providers even if you can't actually switch to them using our service. There are still some better value tariffs available out there, but you might need to go directly to the energy supplier to sign up to
0: them So with the new energy price cap, customers on standard tariffs will on average see an increase of 139 pounds more a year. But for people who used to be on a cheap fixed deal, the difference could be hundreds and here's where the raft of other ways to save on your energy usage could make a difference. First let's hear from Angela Terry from Climate Action Group One Home on what we can do to help keep our homes more efficient
4: and combat price rises. The main thing is the fabric of your home. Where is the heat? So you are paying to condition the air in your home so it's warm. So you don't want it to leak out. You want ventilation, of course, but you don't want it accidentally leaving your home. So what you're doing is insulating your home, but you're insulating against huge price rises as well. So it's a win-win. Now, some of the steps are actually quite easy to do you can do them yourself or you can get someone in to do it so so there is a well-established industry out there who can do this sort of thing if diy isn't your favorite spending Mm -hmm. of a weekend rolls of mineral wool insulation in your loft for 30 centimeters we all had that school ruler which is a foot that depth in your roof will save you uh, about a quarter of your energy leaving the house basically if you have an uninsulated roof and the and the really good thing is that the cost of doing that if you're a detached house is a cup probably about 2 to 300 pounds you will get that money back in the first year
0: As Angela says there, insulation can make a huge difference. And Sarah, you've written a guide on how to save on your energy bills and insulating your roof and walls could save you up to £315 a year. So it's definitely worth considering. Can you give us a few more of your top tips?
1: Sure. Um, Energy saving is really key to help cut your bills and your carbon footprint as well. Other quick things you can start doing to use less energy in your home include not leaving your gadgets on standby, so unplugging things when you're not using them and turning them off properly. Um, Fitting a water efficient shower head, that might sound a little bit um, separate from your energy bill when we're talking about water, but actually these keep your shower feeling powerful and cutting down on your hot water use. If you're using less hot water, you need to heat less of it. Thinking about only running your um, appliances such as your washing machine and your dishwasher when they're full um, and using the energy efficient programs if they have them Um, and perhaps not a good thing to say when we're sitting on a a rainy morning but uh, seeing whether you can dry your washing outside or on an airer rather than putting it into the tumble dryer. Also worth thinking that um, about how you're using the heating in your home. Um, so if you're not using certain rooms, can you turn the heating off there? If you have heating controls fitted to your boiler and thermostatic radiator valves, using those effectively to make sure that your home is comfortable, um, but not using more gas than you need to to heat it. And besides energy use in your home, other things you consider, can consider specifically about your bills um, include how you're paying. So it's it's typically cheaper to pay by direct debit than to pay when you receive a bill, um, pay by cash or cheque, or to have a prepayment meter. You may also, with some suppliers, pay a little bit more to receive paper bills through the post. So considering both of those can help bring your energy bill down a bit. Finally, it's worth, if you're concerned about rising costs, checking whether you qualify for any government schemes or benefits. So, for example, the warm home discount, which is £140 off your electricity bills if you get the guarantee element of pension credit, or there's the cold weather payment or the winter fuel payment. So, do look into those if you might be eligible.
4: We are
0: now, moving on to fuel, we've all seen or heard of the recent queues at petrol stations and even pumps running out. But speaking to the president of the AA, Edmund King, he says it's down to headlines causing panic buying, not a shortage of petrol itself.
3: There is plenty of fuel at source, and that has never been a problem. In the past, we've we've had fuel crises. You know, we've had tanker drivers' strikes, we've had fuel protesters in in the early 2000s, there was a problem in Scotland in 2010 when there was really heavy snow and fuel couldn't get through. So, you know, we, we have had situations like this. What was different this time? It actually came about really quickly and it hit home just before a weekend, which does make things worse because... On a Friday, many businesses fill up for a Monday. So it wasn't just private drivers queuing up. There were many businesses that thought, "Mm, well, if there is a problem, let's fill up now. There was never a problem at source. But if half of all drivers, 15 million, fill up sooner than they normally would, that puts an immense strain on the supply chain. And it means garages run out far quicker than they would. But all the garages that run out, you know, they have been refilled. So that, that cycle is working. I guess it shows in a way that our resilience it is somewhat on a knife edge and, and the supply chain can get throttled with some idle talk that then leads to headlines, that then leads to, I hate to say it, but panic buying.
0: Now, the situation seems to be improving and the business secretary, Kwasi Kwarteng, has said you might see soldiers delivering petrol in the next few days. Though literally as I was researching this for today's show, someone from my team at which sent a photo of the queue for their local petrol station reaching outside their house, which happens to be half a mile from the station. So it seems we still have a way to go. And to add to all of this, the cost of petrol is creeping up too, Adam, isn't it?
2: That's right. The price of petrol actually hit an eight year high um wow. in this recent few weeks. Hasn't been this expensive since twenty thirteen. I think you're looking at something like a hundred thirty nine almost, um, the price of diesel and then around one pound thirty seven uh for for the cost of petrol. Um it's quite a lot of money when you're filling up a tank, especially mm-hmm. if you are regularly having to drive um for work and you know i personally i spent a large amount of my sunday morning having to drive around i live in norwich fine city mm-hmm. driving around trying to find a station with fuel and there was absolutely no luck anywhere and the lights were still on you still think you're there, a you get there see a sign and mm. no fuel sorry i mean, i had to drive actually for work on monday and then i had to get a train and spend several more hours away than one would have liked. Um, but you know, this is a story that was repeated across the country where people mm-hmm. struggled to get hold of fuel, couldn't get to work, couldn't do the things they needed to do, dropping kids off at university, all those kind of things. It's incredible the impact it can have so quickly. And largely it was down to people panic buying in response to reports of, of fuel supplies becoming an issue. Um, as I say, the, the cost of fuel being high as well has just made it even more difficult for people. And another hit. Um, to our pockets, unfortunately.
0: And on this point, I have a question here from Gary on Twitter at Which Money, which really puts it all in perspective. He asks if there's any support or protections available for anyone unable to work if they can't get fuel. And Gary's a self-employed driving instructor.
2: Well, clearly, for a lot of people, they can continue to work from home as they have been doing for the last year and a half. But if you're self-employed and you're reliant on using your car to get to work, then it really is up to some kind of agreement with your employer. If you're self-employed in natural situation, unfortunately, I'm not aware of any support that's available. And this really does underscore the impact this can have on people's livelihoods. Um, sorry, Gary, but there's, there's not a lot that we can do in the time being, although a lot of petrol stations are taking matters into their own hands and producing their own key worker lists it's something government has said it's not going to do but a lot of petrol station chains are and they're opening specific hours for who they deem to be key workers now depending on the chain they'll have their own definition of that but it may be the case that there's a chain near you that considers driving instructors to be key workers and you can get in Um, but that's the only sort of promising bit in this now hopefully things will stabilize the army being involved being we should be back to normal relatively quickly but it's clearly been a very difficult and distressing few days for a lot of people especially those in Gary's position.
0: Now there's another wave of increases that will affect us all and that's supermarket prices and we're also hearing reports of empty supermarket shelves. Adam can you explain what's going on here?
2: This all comes back to the the lack of HGV drivers, which is one of the underlying causes for the the problems with some with fuel as well, where there is plenty of fuel it 's just we can 't get it from A to b because there aren 't enough lorry drivers essentially to get it there and this is the problem with sim with food deliveries as well um, getting it from distribution centers to supermarkets because there is too few delivery drivers and lorry drivers to do that work and there 's a lot of different causes behind that, and certainly um, Brexit is one of those, and there are lots of issues around people leaving the country um, due to Brexit and pan- and the pandemic, of course, and, and going back to um, other places in Europe instead of working here in the UK, and that's led to a big loss of haulage drivers as well. Uh, there's something called cabotage, uh, which is what allows drivers in the EU to drive across borders and make deliveries in other countries and that's something we have lost um, as part of the Brexit deal which makes getting drivers across into the UK when they've picked something up in France for example and they're coming over to the UK to drop it off that makes it a lot more difficult uh, and that's putting a lot of drivers off as well and then there's just a lack of drivers internally here in the UK a lot of people not seeing that as a particularly uh, inviting career i think we had a shortage there so it's a real culmination of different factors which is particularly acute here in the uk um, although it is a challenge faced across europe as a lack of HUV drivers but certainly more acute here due to different factors and that has meant that deliveries have become more difficult now you compound that with challenges of getting hold of fuel as well uh, then obviously that there's a real concern there that that could lead to shortages and an increase in the price of food on supermarket shelves
0: now on prices we've also been speaking to david sables who helps manage the relationship between suppliers and supermarkets
5: there was an underlying need for prices to be taken upwards some three four months ago, just due to some of the implementation of changes during the pandemic, and um, the uh, the fact that uh, raw materials commodity prices um, just were sitting at an all time all time high in many cases. So we've sort of seen uh, the 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 impact of pricing which will come in in the next six weeks. That's purely based upon uh, global shipping crisis, uh, raw materials costs. And since then, there are the other costs that we've seen um, come in and escalate. It really compounds the, 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 the issues that suppliers face. They never like putting cost price increases through to the supermarket. They don't like the pushback from the supermarket and the The threat to their business of maybe losing some range if the supermarket don't like the new pricing. There is a justification actually for going again on pricing because of the impact of uh, fuel, CO2 and the worsening of the driver shortage, um, all impacting uh, the costs to the supplier. It could therefore be that we see um, further rises in the new year.
0: So if it's only a matter of time until the kinds of price hikes we've been talking about today are passed on to customers at supermarkets, it's more important than ever that we're savvier shoppers. And just looking at our monthly supermarket price analysis, where which compares the cost of a typical basket of stuff from the biggest supermarkets, the difference last month was 40% between the cheapest little and the most expensive Waitrose. So shopping around is a good start, Adam. Can you leave us with a few more tips to save on your food shop
2: I can certainly do my best Lucia Um, (laughs) and shopping around is probably the most important actually to re-emphasize that when it comes to saving money in your shopping going to the cheapest supermarket near you is going to make a huge difference even if it means driving past one to get to the other one Mm. fuel limits allowing Um, there are two key tips really for me when it comes to saving money on, on doing the big shop first and foremost go in with a list. Know exactly what you want. Don't get suckered in by deals and whatever's on the end of the aisles that looks really tempting. If you've got a list and you know what you need, by all means, you can have a couple of treats on the way around, but you just need to be clear what you're buying. Supermarkets put a lot of time, resource, effort into how they lay out their stores to take advantage of your psychology to lead you into making more expensive choices to maybe buy more than you were initially planning to this is an art form that they have nailed down over many many years now so go in with a list be clear what you need to be be a bit mercenary about it is certainly a good way to keep those costs down Uh, and the most important one and one my my mother always told me is never Mm -hmm. shop hungry Uh, you're much more much more uh, likely to to end up buying more than you really for or treat yourself to something else so go shopping after you've had a meal with a list and that is the best way to try and keep costs down. That is some stuff around making sure you're not always looking at the shelves and eye level as well. Make sure you check the bottom shelves because that's where you're much more likely to find cheaper things because supermarkets know that your eye is drawn to what's at eye level first. So it's important you're scanning the mm. shelves as well to see the best deals on different items. For example, you'll probably notice that the supermarket owned brand products are often on the lower shelves and it's because your eyes drawn to the, the middle shelves first that's where the more expensive branded products are often located so there's little psychological tricks like that that as soon as you're savvy to them you can get around them and hopefully save a few quid on your weekly shop <laughs>
0: Thanks so much to Sarah and Adam and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Which Money podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, please take a few seconds to leave us a review after listening and feel free to pop in any questions or feedback you have on today's topic and we'll see if we can address these in a future show. And of course, you can also find us on social media at Money and online at which.co.uk forward slash money. This episode of the Witch Bunny podcast was produced, recorded and edited by Rob Lilly, with additional support from Ian Aikman and Kim Carver.